Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This week's featured cookbook is... Chinese Food Made Easy by Ross Dobson. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How's it going? Dude, episode 50. We're we're getting up there. It's a real milestone in the uh, podcast world. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Episode five zero. (laughs) And and what better way to commemorate it than by reviewing one of the worst cookbooks we've ever cooked from in our cooking the books feed. I know. And I've (laughs) like, I hate being really negative, but we're going to. Tough love. We're going to get down into it. Tough love. All right, so welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Um, If you want to show your support for this good work that we're doing here, you can do so by visiting our website at wecookbooks.com. There you'll find a store tab that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. And we've got a few things there. We've got a list of kitchen essentials for home cooks. We've got a list of our favorite cookbooks that we've featured on the Cooking the Books Instagram page. And we've got something new that I just started. Oh, just do tell, do share, please. Called Fun Food Finds. And oh. it's uh, just a little list of some of the best original products that we use and love on a regular basis in our own kitchen. We're not endorsed by any of these companies. They're just like fun things that we've discovered, such as that Marie Sharp's hot sauce. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, there's, there's Marie Sharp's. And then there's all other hot sauce right? as far and as I'm concerned. The Marie Sharps pretty much goes on everything. Pizza. Pizza, eggs, eggs chicken, yep. blah, everything. Uh, yeah, it's the smoked top habanero version. They have several different uh, varieties, but that's the one we go with. So yeah, you'll find those on that link. And uh, if you make a purchase, uh, you'll get a few uh, things that you like. And it won't cost you anything more. And we'll get a little something in return, courtesy of Amazon. So, win-win. All right. All right. Uh, Let's talk about what we just finished up. We just finished up, uh, and this is the second book of his that we are featuring, um, Anthony, Let's Do Dinner by Anthony Porosky of uh, Queer Eye fame. Yep. Um, I've enjoyed this one. Oh, yeah. Just as much as I enjoyed the last one. Yeah, if you read the first one, this kind of follows in the same uh, path. And uh, if you enjoyed that, as we did, you won't be disappointed with this one. It's just more more great recipes. Easier, kind of healthy, yeah, flavorful food. Yeah. So we'll um, be sharing that soon. I, I think actually tomorrow, by the time this podcast goes live. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, we're currently working on... We're, well, you know, we get sent a lot of cookbooks, so we're just going to, like, look... We're going to just do some random dishes and stuff to uh, just check out these cookbooks, and so we get a good look at them, and then we can pick out what we want, 
Um, and some of it's just fulfilling some obligations that we have, you know, to feature. Yeah, it's it's the books. It's not going to be like a week long feature yeah. or anything. But I mean, we're we're in the thick of uh, cookbook season. Yeah, we and we've d- talked about that before, but we're getting a lot of stuff in, and there's a lot of great stuff to choose from. So. It's becoming a little more of a challenge mm-hmm. to pick, you know, which ones get featured for the week. But um, for these ones that maybe didn't quite make the cut for whatever reason, we still want to give them a little mention. So there's going to be an upcoming week of just uh, kind of a, a potluck week of, of cookbooks that will, you know, feature a dish each day from. So there you go. And, and then, uh, I, do you want to talk about maybe like some of the titles that are going to be included in this uh, list? Yeah, um, there's a book called Babel. There's one called Peace, Love, and Pasta. There's another called Let's Make Dumplings, which is adorable. It's it is. it's um, it's illustrated. Um, and actually, somehow we ended up with two copies, and I gave one to m- my very best girlfriend in the whole world. And she actually told me that she used that book as inspiration for, because uh, she is like a graphic recording artist, and she also does stuff for companies. And she was like, that book kind of inspired, like it triggered a really good idea in my mind to use for some clients. So that's awesome. Yeah. Inspiration. Yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, as much as we love it, we're not going to eat dumplings for an entire week, but we are no. looking forward to, you know, making one batch of dumplings from scratch and, and then having a bunch to put in the freezer. Yes. Um, and then there's another one called wine style. And then there's one called roses, ice cream bliss, which, yeah, we can't eat ice cream. We can't make five batches of ice cream. I mean, we could, <laughs> well, but you know, we shouldn't. Well, and here's the thing. There's this really great ice cream place uh, by our house that has the most, it's called Pump, uh, Pump, Pump, House, Creamery. Pump House Creamery, and they have beautiful flavors. Uh, it's not too expensive. They, their big thing is like they're a very small family-owned company. They... Uh, prefer to stay that way mm-hmm. they source most of their ingredients locally here from from the midwest from minnesota and wisconsin so uh tried them out for the first time they were recommended by by my cousin actually yep. who lives who lives in our neighborhood who we've gotten enough. a large amount of like where to go to's yes from so, I and mean, They've all been spot on. I think most people are probably aware at this point, if you're a regular listener, that we recently relocated from Chicago to Minneapolis. So we've been really enjoying uh, discovering our neighborhood and finding out, you know, the places to get all the food stuff that we love. And we've had some good successes this week. Well, and we're located in a place called Midtown. And every th- I feel like everything we need is right it's like right here. The Every- name's appropriate because it really is in the middle of the city. It is. I, in I feel all like directions. everything is like, uh, you know, no more than eight minutes of a drive. Yep. Um, all the places like uh, there's a Target and like a large grocery store and the dollar store by our gym, so we can bop in there after we get done with the gym in the morning. But then we found a really great Asian uh, store called United Noodle. Found a great source for seafood called yeah. Coastal. Um, well, there's several farmers markets uh, within, within like a short drive or even walking distance from our place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm 
so happy to be in the neighborhood that we're in. Yeah. Needless to say, we're loving it. We are loving it. Uh, and uh, what are we doing next for a feature? Um, possibly we haven't like gone through and kind of finalized it, but uh, we're thinking of doing Zoe's Ghana Kitchen uh, by Zoe Ajanya. Um, I think that's going to be a good choice. And that book just like landed on our doorstep a couple days ago. Yeah. So yeah. So we're, we're marinating on it, but we have to make a decision soon. But we, I think that's I think that's what we're going to do. Stay tuned. So Balmer, what are we having for dinner? Oh yeah, most importantly. Well, okay. So here's the thing: we had <laughs> we had I in my travels the other day, I had noticed this fried chicken place and I was like oh awesome because we're we have yet to find a, a fried chicken place that we're absolutely in love with like we were in Chicago I feel like most places here do tenders and not the yeah. actual chicken. I mean I'm a grown I mean, ass man I can eat something with a bone on it I don't need I can eat something need no, with a bone too <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry gross it's a family show I'm let's, gross. let's keep it let's okay. keep it clean yeah uh, oh keep I, it clean we've yep. talked about blowies in our pantry I know before. <laughs> I have to check the explicit content box on the podcast yeah. once again oh me and my dirty dirty mouth yeah uh yeah, I mean, I'm a grown-ass man. We don't need any raisin canes or anything like that. No chicken tenders. You know what? I love a good tender. So you shut your mouth. But you gotta you gotta <laughs> hit it at the right time if you're getting it from one of those like grocery stores or something. Because if it's been sitting there yeah, for we, a few hours, then the the crust is like all like tough and. Yeah, but I'm not about like getting well because it it seems like the grocery stores nowadays have them like sitting in the hot bar and I refuse to like I mean if get you can, food from the hot bar like just no it if you can no. believe my cousin he claims that the best fried chicken in the neighborhood comes from the the grocery store but uh I'm I'm, I'm holding out hope I, I know so. I know oh I'm sorry go ahead I oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that was quite the distraction that's quite the detour uh so, so yeah we discovered this place and upon closer inspection of the menu at the website, I discovered that it's not a fried chicken joint. It's a vegan fried chicken joint, which there is no such thing. It's, it's not chicken. So like, the, this, this comp, I'm, maybe it's good. I'm just not in the mood to try vegan fried chicken, but they have another location that they call like a vegan butcher, which are same thing. Our no friend, thing. our friend in Chicago used to get stuff from He'd travel to Minneapolis and get stuff from the vegan butcher and rave about it. And to, you know, to be fair, like for what they do, it was pretty good. Yeah. Like there was like agree. a vegan cheese that he had and you know, it was okay, but I just always feel like you're kind of sacrificing something by eating that. And I, think i would probably feel the same way about this vegan fried chicken but Agree. on a different day maybe we'll give them a chance but um so we're going to plan b and we're going to try uh, a different barbecue place in our neighborhood because mm-hmm. the place that we tried before we were kind of like meh about although so, yeah but we came at the very end so this is important work we're doing <laughs> finding all the research uh, the good uh, barbecue and fried chicken places in the neighborhood um yeah, no, we had we had <laughs> we had the weirdest breakfast we experience today. So we we reconnected with a, r- a real dear longtime friend that we've known uh, since we lived in Minneapolis the first time. Johnny used to date her before I met him. Go on, and <laughs> she became our very okay. So this is a good story. 
my makeup artist and our wedding photographer were both women that Johnny used to date. Yeah. Um, see? see? like That says a lot about me as a person that even after, you know, a relationship ended with these people, I'm still good friends with them. Well, and also I'm not a jealous bitch. That's true. <laughs> so... So okay. kudos to you and, and not being insecure and you know. So we went okay. There is this bar. Um, it's a very famous dive bar in Minneapolis. It's referenced in replacement songs. Yeah. It's uh, and they 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 it's, serve food and they have a breakfast menu. It yeah. albeit very a very brief breakfast menu, like four items. I mean, if we're being honest, most people do not go to this bar to eat food. No. Unless like, it's like at the end of the night and they're eating like peanuts or something or we, a frozen pizza. We were there at 11 o'clock and there were people bellying up to the bar doing shot because they have this thing called a bump in a beer where you get a shot of liquor and a beer and kudos to them. Oh, see, I've heard that term before, but it's something entirely it different. It is something entirely different. Um, and the beer that they give you with the shot is not a shitty beer. It's not like Schlitz or Hams or yeah. PBR or what have you. Um, but anyway, it, like it's at 11 o'clock and there are people, I mean, spend your weekend how you want to spend it. That's cool. Yep. But there are people bellied up to the bar doing bumps and beers. and Man, you got guns. Oh. <laughs> I'm sitting across the table from you and, and like you're raising your arms and gesturing wildly and... Well, thank you. You know, I got front row tickets to the gun show. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All, the, all that weight training's paying off. <laughs> Man. Funny. My wife's a brute. <laughs> uh, yeah, I made notes here that this place offers the absolute minimum in food, service, and utensils. Okay. And apparently coffee accessories. Coffee service. <laughs> the, 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 oh, okay. the bartender disappeared. And the dude who ended up serving us was the bar back. He's like, I, he's like, I don't know where the bartender is. I'm the bar back. Um, do you guys need cream for your coffee? We're like, uh, yes, please. So he he had disappeared for a long time, and he's like, yeah, I had to go next door to get half and half. And he came back with these cute little like, condiment con- cups. Yeah, like you know that they put salad dressing in or something, and and he had like creamer for us that he borrowed from one of the restaurants next door. Because apparently they didn't have cream at the dive bar. And, I don't uh, understand. I don't. Hey, I don't think people are going there to drink coffee. I don't. That's what I'm saying. No, so, they are know, not. To their credit. Uh, and then. You and I got something to share. Quesadillas. Yeah. Because, well, here's. A, I don't eat breakfast, really. Yeah. And our, our dear friend Melanie, bless her. She's not a very adventurous eater. And she is the and, first one to admit that. Too. Yeah. She's like. So she's we're, like, we're not. Yeah, we're not. We're not begging on her. No, or anything. no, not no. at all. Some and, people are not adventurous. And eaters. so she chose this place just because I think it's got like a very limited menu, and she kind of knows what's on the menu mm-hmm. and knows what she wants, and orders the same thing frequently. And uh, it probably wouldn't have been our choice. I mean, granted, like, I will say we're not food snobs. We'll, we're we just talked about eating chicken tenders and stuff. So like, yeah. you know, it's not like we're going out to eat at fancy places and expecting like white tablecloth service or anything but this place really pushed the limits of like minimal (laughs) food and service and well and like i don't like eating crappy food first you know like my first meal of the day most important meal of the day well yeah but not according to this place well and not according to me either (laughs) because i don't eat breakfast ever which is funny because when we first started dating we ate breakfast all the time we would go out to breakfast 
all the time. And I'd make you like flapjacks and stuff, but... Flapjacks. Flapjacks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I kind of... We, so yeah, we split that and then Balmer ordered some cheese oh, curds man. This too. was like a total cheat day for me. We didn't go to the gym and then I just like embraced eating garbage at or, this place or like quesadillas and cheese curds. i did not have a sing- i did not have a single cheese curd how could you resist i don't know you have admirable restraint well now now that we're here i feel like they're on every menu so if i want them i can get them and th- these were not the best examples of yeah cheese curds they either. looked a little bit over fried they looked they they were past uh gbd I golden brown delicious <laughs> They stuck them in the microwave and reheated them. They brought our quesadillas out in one of those like baskets Mm -hmm. with like the paper lined Mm -hmm. basket. And I asked if they had a couple plates so that we could split these quesadillas up and and eat them. You know, again, we're grown ass adults. I can eat on a plate. I don't need to eat out of this basket. And uh, he said, oh, let me see if I can find some plates for you. And he disappeared. And I laughed thinking like he was, he was joking, joking because of course you know you serve food here of course you have plates he was not joking he came back and he was like oh yeah i managed to find a couple yeah he had to scramble to find plates apparently all the food they serve at this place is in paper lined baskets so well um, that's our restaurant review everyone thanks for listening <laughs> it's, a, it's a new angle we're working on this podcast oh my god i felt so gross the entire day i was just like Ugh. yeah but, but I did buy a lot of shoes today. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, okay. I think we've set up the uh, the content to come enough uh, by, uh, by this discussion. So uh, today's podcast topic is what was your favorite after school snack? This is going to be a good one. We got some good responses. Mm-hmm. So thanks to everyone that contributed. Uh, before we share our answers, I've got a good one too. Um, what what uh, were our listener responses? Tanya M said Twinkies. It's another girl I used to date. Tanya. Tanya M. Oh, yeah. She's my Facebook pal. You were very busy, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Still friends with her too. See? Very good. I'm a nice guy. You weren't a dickhead. Uh, uh, Nancy M. I didn't date her. We adopted our dog from her. She said, uh, "Oh, Doritos and Coke. How I've missed you." Nancy M, you're an adult. Dig you, in. You can still have Doritos and Coke. Yeah, that's it's okay. A, if that's if that's your, your jam, I'm not judging. Mm-mm. All right, and then uh, Mikey B said, "Same now as way back then. Apple slices and peanut butter. My kids uh, like peanut butter and crackers. That that's a, that's a pretty healthy after school snack. Yeah. Mikey, you're being too responsible." Uh, Charlene J said, I call this my white trash snack. Frosting sandwiches, which consists of graham crackers with frosting in between. All right. If I mean, it's like a version of Oreos with graham crackers. I, can totally, I mean, that's like a teenager meal. It's because so I can totally is. see like someone sitting down on the couch with a package of graham crackers, a butter knife, and then like a tub of that crappy frosting. Absolutely. And just like housing the whole thing while they watch uh, 
Charles in Charge. That something. that probably could have been a binge food for me back in the bad old eating disorder days. Yeah. I didn't I don't know. Well, I don't like frosting and you, I never have. You probably wouldn't be alone in that, mm. in no. that choice. <laughs> um, oh, and this was kind of a fun one. Author Jenna Helwig, who uh, wrote the cookbook that we just finished featuring this week, Bare Minimum Dinners, chimed in. So thank you for that. And she said cereal. I'm curious to know what her favorite cereal was I know. or what her cereal of choice is. That's going to be a future podcast topic. What is your favorite cereal? Yep. I'm calling it right now. Is it like sugar cereal? Yeah. Do you like something? I want like, specific brands. I do too. Yep. It's going to be, it, it's coming people. Yeah. I'm always interested to know like what kind of. Yep. Start thinking about it now. All right. Because we're going to ask you. Make a note of it. Yep. Um, uh, at PC. Ernal said pizza rolls. <laughs> Followed mm-hmm. by an emergency room visit after you burned your mouth on that molten lava killing. Oh, yes. Oof. I mean, I had my share of pizza rolls back in the day, but god damn, were they. Oh, hot yeah. Out of the. Oh, out well, of the yeah, microwave. and you take a bite and then you like Ooh. have it sitting in your mouth and you're like <sighs> yeah. breathing, trying to cool oh. it off while your tongue is melting like and the roof of your mouth birds. is like. like just being eviscerated. I, I think I'm still recovering from those uh, <laughs> pizza roll traumas of my teenage years. Uh, and then at Wonder and Sundry said, Little Debbie Oatmeal Pies. Oh. All right. I don't know if I've ever had one of those. No? I, I mean, maybe I have. I remember one of the convenience stores that I used to stop by. Well, there was only one convenience store that I used to stop by that on my way. Sound very convenient. On my way to middle school. Okay. Where I like I walked a mile to middle school. Um, but they always had like little Debbie Back when parents would let their children walk to school by themselves. How and old it, were you? Oh uh <laughs> let's see, it was sixth uh sixth grade through eighth grade. Yeah. So No stranger well, danger there. No. Oh man. It's a miracle you're here. I know. But wow. I would I would buy a bunch of me and my girlfriends would buy a bunch of uh snacks. Like we're talking full size bags of potato chips and then stick them in our spree bags and we would snack on them throughout the day. I would literally eat a full size bag of chips during wow. the day. And then I remember they also had like the Glass uh, Diet Coke bottles. Oh, yeah. Don't do that anymore. Nope. No oh. glass for you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, eating underscore with JJC said white bread. I think they spent their time locked in a basement <laughs> with a dirt floor. And I mean, of all the things you could choose, white bread. It's kind of It's kind of sad. It's little boring yeah. although i do love the smell of like white bread yeah. i don't know why maybe they were in a juvenile detention center or something <laughs> <laughs> i'm creating all these <laughs> weird <laughs> scenarios for this poor person as you do and they're, they're they're generous enough to share their answer and i'm 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 making fun of them and then at give me meatloaf we got another pizza roll she said pizza rolls baby Pepperoni all the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, those things were so tiny. I, I, they must have been like just pepperoni flavored. It's not like they had like pieces of pepperoni in they there. They had little squares of pepperoni. Really? Yes. Oh. Have you never had? I mean. No, I've had pizza rolls, <laughs> but you know, after that uh, initial burning from the hot filling, like I couldn't taste anything. Well, there's so, little like you know. diced up pieces of pepperoni in there. Interesting. All right. And then uh, I don't know this handle at uh, Sprachow proofreader 
So uh, saltines, we called them soda crackers <laughs> with butter. Oh. And we loved making the butter squirt through the holes of the saltines. <laughs> wow. Must have been like soft butter. Yeah. Nice. And, and then uh, at Julie KWLL said Welsh rarebit. Welsh rabbit. Strangely, no rabbit. But I think it's probably rarebit because, well, and that was a. I went to the old Wikipedia. So you know this is going to be true. It was originally called Welsh Rabbit, and then the change to Welsh Rarebit because you know no rabbit. There is the no dish. rabbit, yeah. yeah. And it, I know we've had it once. We ordered it once at Longman and Eagle. Yeah, it's a hot cheese sauce mm-hmm. over a toasted bread. Uh, yum. Yeah, I am mad at that. All right. So, what were your picks? <laughs> right. Oh God! I think we've talked about this on a previous episode. Is it Steakum? It is. <laughs> Man, that was Steakums. They were they were my jam, and and we've talked about how they were made. I remember you know looking it up and doing some some you know intensive research, and it was like emulsified meat that was like ground oh. several times, and so it's probably how um, the um the Arby's uh roast beef is made because it just comes in this big loaf. I mean, it, it was invented in 1968 by food technologist Eugene Gagliardi. And I, I think at the time he was trying to create this softer alternative to like a steak sandwich that people were familiar with. Maybe for people who had like soft teeth or something. Dentures, yep. whatnot. Okay. Um, and he was also credited, strangely enough, with inventing popcorn chicken. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you for the popcorn chicken. Yeah. You, can, you can keep your goddamn steakums. <laughs> the company was sold to H.J. Hines in 1980 for $20 million. Well. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Steakum is laughing all the way to the bank, I guess. In July of 2009, Steakum brought a suit against a Philadelphia grocery store and sandwich shop called Steakum Up, <laughs> claiming trademark <laughs> infringement. This went on for several years, and in 2012, a federal just district judge ruled in favor of Steakum Up. <laughs> right? Well, ruling... because they're not like they're not trying to like grab the name they're making a punny they're like making a pun and he ruled that the two establishments were not direct competitors and that there was no significant evidence that consumers are confused by the names not to mention like when was the last time Steakum was like an active you know company producing this greasy greasy (laughs) greasy meat yeah I mean unless you're our age or older you probably don't even know what the hell we're talking about right now so yeah, you don't, you don't need to know. All right. So what what do you have for your pick, Victoria? Okay, I well, I have a couple different things. Um I really loved buttered toast with cinnamon and sugar. Okay. Loved it. I used um, to have that for breakfast a lot. Yeah, it was like it was like a little treat for me and I still like and you'd actually do like the cinnamon sugar mm-hmm. mixture. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Um, pizza rolls. I would okay. I would go to my friend Jen's house uh, after school and uh, her dad loved... This is the same This is the same household that would offer me um, fried walleye in the morning. Um, but I would... <laughs> her dad loved reading the National Enquirer. So, we, you know, I'd go hang over there after school and eat pizza rolls and you, read the scandal rags oh that's how, that's how it started for you and it, 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 my it, celebrity it, gossip yeah, it, it's continued to this day um and then there's one more other oh hold on were you team pepperoni also or, or? it was whatever i think they okay. usually had pepperoni or sausage you, so. is there any hot celebrity gossip currently that you want to share uh any, anything good n- no okay no all right i don't think so move on and then <laughs> 
They used to do these like boiling bag things and they had like a chicken a la king uh-huh. where like there was one bag for rice, one bag for the chicken a la king and you would okay. just boil them together. Uh-huh. Like in separate bags uh-huh. I always threw out the rice Because <laughs> I just After want... you boiled it? No I just wouldn't boil oh, okay. the rice <laughs> um, that's, that's kind of inefficient But basically the chicken all can Kind of look like Dog vomit Okay And I'm sure it probably Tasted that way too But I really liked it Huh So yeah Alright It's That's such a weird thing For like a A teenager Yeah Yeah Huh. Oh, and you know what else I was thinking of? What's that? That I loved. They used to have these frozen chicken things. They would have like chicken Kiev, chicken cordon bleu that you would stick in the microwave. All chicken dishes, huh? Yeah. Huh. They were like stuffed, but inevitably like they would end up oozing everywhere and there would be grease everywhere. They were terrible. They huh. were Terrible. So not your jam. But I like them. No, I like them <laughs> back then. Okay. I, I didn't have a palate back then. Like I was just like shove it in. Um. So yeah. All right. <laughs> Good talk. Should we move into this uh, to this book? Ah, uh, yes. Let's. Okay. So this book arrived to us on the heels of another book from the same publisher called Japanese Food Made Easy by Aya Nashimura, which we featured. We enjoyed that great, book. It was, was a, a great, book. great book. Um, so we had similar expectations for this one. Sadly, they did not meet our expectations. Um, I I feel like a fair amount of uh, flavor was sacrificed in effort to simplify the dishes. Um, there wasn't really mention of any seasoning within the dishes. Um, the author, Ross Dobson, is a pretty well-known Australian chef. I mean, Ross Dobson, that should have been our first clue. <laughs> I know. But hey, I'm, I'm trying to withhold judgment. Um, Sometimes people will immerse themselves in a certain... like. He has authored uh, over 13 other cookbooks, including one that we had in our collection for a long time called Grill House, Gastropub at Home, and it was just kind of like gastropub cooking. There was some good dishes in there. Um, I always enjoyed looking through that one. Um, unlike that book, I think this lacks any degree of like authority or Mm -hmm. authenticity. Um, there's a passing mention within the book of like a Chinese friend that he had from childhood. Uh, (laughs) I don't know that that really qualifies you to write a book on Chinese cooking. And I'm I'm trying to be diplomatic about this. I know. I feel like we should have known better. Like, that it was, uh. It was a misstep on our part. And perhaps maybe he was just downplaying his knowledge and expertise on this, but there really wasn't any uh, narrative in the beginning that would, you know, make you feel confident that you were cooking from a, you know, a book from an author that really knew this cuisine inside and out. There was nothing, you know, no mention of like extensive travels throughout China or anything. No. It was just like, I had a friend who was Chinese when I was growing up. At the beginning of the book, there is like a section that like breaks down eight different regions of China and like what. I mean, I could find that on Wikipedia. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, Yeah. I mean, we jokingly referred to this book as Chinese food for dummies, Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of sums it up. And, you know, to be fair, there are plenty of Westerners who have devoted their lives to understanding and mastering a particular non-native cuisine, 
Rick Bayless comes to mind, mm-hmm. who we love uh, in our former uh, city of Chicago. I mean, he takes his staff down to like different areas of Mexico he has to like devoted his entire yeah. you know professional career to uh, Mexican cuisine, and I don't think anyone uh, has any critique of him and the work that he does. Oh, I'm sure there are cooking. people who are like appropriation, but yeah, you know, whatever. Um. It's it's un it's not often that we feature a cookbook that in hindsight was kind of like a misstep. You know, most of the time we dive into a cookbook and we have a, like a pleasant experience with it. This one, while not like terrible, it it wasn't great, and and we've got some issues with it. We'll discuss in a second. So I guess without further ado, let's talk about what we did make from the book. Okay, and then we'll kind of go into a little deeper dive into it all right so we did spring onion pancakes hot and sour soup uh Szechuan chili prawns peking duck clay pot chicken with chinese sausage and mushroom um <clears throat> the spicy chicken salad there you go okay <laughs> these uh <laughs> these recipe titles were a little misleading in some cases mm-hmm. uh let's talk spring onion pancakes um, well, I mean, this isn't the first time we've, I think this is like the third time we've made these. Yeah. Um, and this was actually, I, it's a five ingredient. It's a, st- a pretty standard recipe. It's got like six ingredients. Yep. Um, seven, if you count the delicious boiling water, <laughs> <laughs> really, I really enjoyed the water. And right. Recipe. It was great. Although, you know, and that wasn't listed. It bothers me when you are supposed to use some water in a recipe and it's not like listed in the um, ingredients. Just because you want to be prepared ahead yes. of time. Okay, you want to have sense. all your me's in place. Yeah, and, um, I, I get that. But these these were good. It was a standard recipe. I feel like it's kind of hard to mess this up. Yes. So, I mean, and it's this thing where you make the dough. Uh, it's really easy. Uh, there's like very little resting time. You roll them out into, uh, a, you take the dough, uh, separate it into portions, roll them out into coils, roll it up into like a circle, and then you um, roll that with a rolling pin. Yeah. And then it gets cooked. Yeah. Uh, easy, delicious. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. We had this with the spicy chicken salad mm-hmm. one evening for dinner, and it was it was totally fine. Uh, let's move on to hot and sour soup, which strangely was neither hot nor sour. I think my bath water has more flavor than the <laughs> soup did. Like, seriously. This was a misstep. Super. To say the least. Yeah. Uh, it called... Okay, here's the thing. It called for... Um, Three tablespoons of black vinegar. There was no spicy component in it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, we ended up using five tablespoons of black vinegar and two tablespoons of champagne vinegar. And then Just we... Just to bump that sour mm-hmm. element up. And then we also added some jalapeno. Which was not in the recipe. To give it hot. Yeah. Because otherwise it just would have been sour. Maybe you just hot meant temperature wise. Maybe you're just supposed to boil it. <laughs> I don't know. There's like, the hot component. I was, I was like, just, 
this recipe gave me secondhand embarrassment for him yeah. because it was ter- it was not good. Yeah. And we've had some pretty good hot and sour soup mm-hmm. in our day, and this was not one of them. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's talk Szechuan chili prawns. I have nothing to say about this. Yeah, because you could need it. I could need it. So, you know, if you listen to the show, you know that Victoria is allergic to shrimp. But what we've been doing lately are these uh, surf and turf nights. Lately, we've been doing that for a long time. It's kind of a favorite of mine. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll do the surf. You'll do the turf. You'll cook up a big gigantic steak. I'll pick out some shrimp dish. Um, If I don't know, Big Bowl, that was a chain, like an Asian Mm -hmm. restaurant chain. Um, They had a cookbook. I, I don't know if it's still a thing. They're probably still around. I have no idea. I don't know. Anyway. We used to frequent one in Minneapolis the first time we lived here over 20 years ago, and there was a there was a stir fry chicken dish on the menu that I would get, or maybe it was tofu. I think it was tofu. I think yeah, we were vegetarians back then. Yeah, so but it would have this generous amount of dried chilies that was kind of like stir fried in a wok with with all these ingredients, and I would get that all the time. It had remember it had like peanuts. It was probably like a kung pao tofu kind of mm-hmm. thing, and. Uh, you know, back then I would eat those dried chilies. Every single oh, one. Oh my God. And then I would just suffer, you know, the most worst heartburn ever. Um, now, I'm, now I'm older and wiser, so I don't eat, I don't eat those chilies. But this kind of reminded me of that dish because it was like a shrimp dish with these dried chilies. So there was actually a fair amount of heat um, mm-hmm. in the dish. Um, and then it had like some chopped green onion, garlic, and ginger. So this was definitely one of the more flavorful recipes from the book. What um, did you did you have to increase amounts of like any of the? Yeah, so there was both soy sauce and black vinegar, and I think we increased uh, <laughs> we <laughs> I increased both amounts uh, just to give them a more noticeable presence in the dish. Um, so I mean, I didn't mind this dish but again it had to be adjusted to uh kind of boost up the flavor um you want to talk peking duck do we have to yes um now this dish has the distinction of being the final meal that we made and photographed in our chicago home it was before we moved to minneapolis and it had oh my god there was no like literally it called for to put Chinese five spice mixture in the cavity. Yep. And some spring onions. No salt, no pepper. No salt, no pepper, no other, nothing. Oh, oh and um, brush the skin with a little bit of sesame oil. I think all the recipes throughout the book just kind of assumed that people would season to taste salt and pepper because there really wasn't any mention in there there wasn't even a mention of like season to taste and i and i that's one of the problems i have with this book is if it's directed toward like beginner home cooks you can't have those kind of assumptions like people are just going to know oh i've got to season my dish well and that makes people like like that i feel like that can make people really nervous like you know, I, people who are novice cooks like really want that guidance. Yes. You know, and it's unfortunate. Like, it kind of sets them up to fail too. It does. It really does. Because then they're going to make these dishes following the recipe and it's going to be underwhelming and they're going to be like, oh, I guess I don't like Chinese food. Yeah. So I did, I did some, uh, you did some, m- 
some some mojo. Mm-hmm. You worked some magic, and I made it good. And we we use these. Uh, we use the Peking duck for. Uh, we made like it, you make like these little pancakes, and uh, oh yeah. Um, did we do this for pancake? We made the pancakes with this. Yes, we yes. might have. Yeah. Um, Cause then you like put the duck meat in there and have like little, almost like little Chinese duck tacos. Mm-hmm. They were delicious. Um, but yeah, it was like some wizardry and like looking up other recipes to. We had to jazz get, this one up a mm-hmm. bit to make it palatable. If we had followed the recipe exactly, it would have been like the blandest oh. Peking duck ever. Oh, and it, it like it hurts my heart that you would like. Spend this money on a duck. A duck had to die, and like you are giving it like the worst possible treatment. Like, yep. ugh. okay, so yeah. Uh, clay pot chicken with Chinese sausage and mushroom. No clay pot. No, we did not have a clay pot. <laughs> I don't think it instructed you to use one. It did not. Um, uh, you know what else the recipe did not instruct? How to do uh, the reserved 120 milliliters of soaking liquid from the dried shiitake mushrooms. It, it asked it, you to reserve them. But it did. There, that's the last that's mention it of ends. it. Yep. <laughs> I mean, maybe it gets added to the rice. Maybe it uh, is intended to sip while your meal cooks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's drizzled atop the dish at the end. Yeah. Right, who knows? Uh, the marinade for the chicken was oyster sauce. That's a pretty loose interpretation of marinade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, and the cook times, like the rice, I felt like the rice was overdone by the time the... Because this was like a one-pot meal. Yeah. Type situation. I mean, obviously, you have to make sure the sausages are cooked through. Mm-hmm. And, and so the that, chicken, obviously. Yeah, so that poses the, the challenge is like, and we've had this with other cookbooks, too. Like, you throw these ingredients in a pot, they're not all going to cook at the same time. Um, and this kind of suffered that same fate where the rice got overcooked and then, you know, everything else, you know, finally was, was properly cooked so it was safe to eat. So... And I just didn't feel like it was super flavorful. Like, no. And I and I would have marinated the chicken in, in a few other ingredients instead of just oyster sauce. Right. I mean, some garlic, some fish sauce, some soy would have been good. Maybe some ginger. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing is like, you know, I, I appreciate their efforts to kind of simplify this cooking. But, you know, would it really have taken that much more time and effort to include a few more marinade ingredients? No. No, not at all. Um, spicy chicken salad. I don't know that this was really spicy, was it? Uh, no, and it's not really a traditional Chinese dish. What are you talking about? It had a rotisserie <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Throughout the ages, Chinese have turned to rotisserie chicken. Indeed, for they this have. Dish. Yeah. Uh, so it, it had raw red onion in it, which. It's a very polarizing ingredient. Mm-hmm. We uh, we soaked it and rinsed it several times to make it more palatable. Um, well, there was a new ingredient, though. Chili, s- chili salt. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed chisa. that. Chisa. Yeah. <laughs> we were jokingly calling it chisa in in a uh, little, little tip of the cap to Molly Boz from Bon Appetit and Cook This Book fame. Uh, uh, yeah. What else? It had some 
thinly Thin. sliced cucumber. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was okay. I'm, I'm not a fan of the raw red onion. We've talked about that extensively before, and uh, just generally not a fan of of that in in dishes. I mean, it just got drizzled with uh, sesame oil and soy sauce mm. at, at the end. See, everything's just kind of wah, right, wah, just yeah, kind of underwhelming. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So normally, before we discuss our rankings, we would discuss the most critical Amazon reviews of a book. Sadly, <laughs> this book has two reviews, and uh, ours was a two-star review out of five, and we've kind of discussed you know, the reasons for that already, um, and there was only one other one, which I think was like a four-star one. So I guess like our review is the most critical one, and uh, there it stands. And here's the thing is like the only thing I find fault with this book is the <laughs> recipes like. Yeah. So the, interestingly enough, when I sat down to do my rankings and, and started, you know, looking critically at the categories that I know. Rank the book on, I was like, you know, this book didn't fare too badly. It was just like in kind of the taste and the preparation category exactly. that it really suffered. Um so I guess that's a good segue into the first category, food, photography, and styling. Mm-hmm. What'd you have, Victoria? I give it a four. Yep. It has like a nice lighter palette, airy blues, grays, a little bit of yellows. Um, there's lots of texture within the pictures. Um, everything is beautifully styled. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like flat lays, uh, 45 degree angles. I thought the food photography was really beautiful and it made everything look really enticing. Yep. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. You said everything that I was going to say. <laughs> Get out of my head. Well, you know. Um, yeah, I gave it a four as well. And I said, aside from the colors being a bit um, kind of what I would call like washed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the food photography and styling. Um, Mm -hmm. They made all the dishes inviting. Great use of props and surfaces in particular. Mm, Agree. Um, There were also some illustrations within the book. And there would would be some like in the corner of the bottoms of the pages. Bottom margin. There was little sketches. Mm -hmm. And then there was also these like bonus content pieces throughout the book. One of which was like... Using a Chinese cleaver to chop up whole chicken, Chinese style. And there was another one called like Six Ways with Sesame Oil. And it had these different like sauces and dips using sesame oil. And there would be these really great illustrations. Um, So that, you know, photography and styling, that was, uh, I had no complaints about it. What did you, what did you actually give it? A four. Okay. Same. Um, Let's talk design and layout. What'd you give it? I gave it a five. Okay. I think the design and layout was very clean, very Mm -hmm. easy to navigate. It contained both serving size, preparation, resting, and cooking times in the recipes. Each recipe had a companion photo. Mm -hmm. Most dishes were 10 ingredients or less, Mm -hmm. and they were cleverly divided into subsections of like, here's your fresh ingredients, here's your spices that you'll be using, here's your pantry ingredients. Um, All recipes fit on one page. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a pantry essentials section at the beginning of the book, which is pretty common in cookbooks. Um, I really had no design or no, no design. I had no issue with the layout. I thought it was very clean and and, and nice. I gave it a four and I pretty much said everything that you did. Yeah. 
Um, oh, here's the thing. Of course I, you did because we share the same brain. Right. Um, you're going to have to do degree of difficulty. I absolutely skipped this and I don't know why. Oh. <laughs> Want to talk about it now? Let's do it. All right. Well, I, I gave it a one. Um, although unquestionably easy, the recipes are not without errors and some vague and omitted instructions. So I guess I don't know how to rank that. Yeah, um, I, I, like it's gonna make for a frustrating experience for a beginner cook. Yes, but I don't think everything needed tinkering. Yes, so maybe to to rank it a one is misleading. But I'd give I it mean, a two. Yeah, I mean they they really weren't difficult recipes. What made them difficult is that there were some errors within there, whether it was in the ingredients or the instructions or. Just that they were kind of vague. I don't know if it was necessarily errors. I just think it was like well oversight. What comes to mind is like that, you know, reserve this cooking oh, liquid. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're and right. There was okay. a few other things like that okay. within the book. And um, that could make for a very frustrating experience. Yeah. So it, what do you give? I'll it give it a two. Okay. Fair. Um, Taste. I give it a two. Yeah. Uh, we, had, we, had, we had to like tinker. If, if only the so listeners could see the look of disgust <laughs> on your face. Disdain. Every, I feel like almost every recipe we made adjustments to, to get it up to like any kind of flavor. Yeah. Like the fact that a, a hot and sour soup has not a single hot component yeah. in it. Yeah what's going on yeah so agreed yeah all right what did you give it i gave it a two okay uh I, all seasoning and flavors needed adjustment very timid spice level i mean oh chinese yeah. food it does not necessarily have to be spicy yeah it depends on the region but, but like uh, just spice level in general was really weak yeah um i thought taste was definitely sacrificed uh for simplicity and I'm not sure how authentic some of these recipes mm -hmm. were once they were simplified to I the mean, degree that they were. Spicy Chinese chicken salad with no uh, spice in it. Yeah. That's uh, pretty authentic. So, two. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, please. Sorry, Ross Dobson. <laughs> please. I'm not sorry. <laughs> you had no business doing this. <laughs> please rank and review. Uh, follow us on social media at we underscore cook underscore books. That's our Instagram. And our Facebook is at we cook books. All right. You know what time it is. Oh, it's been a long time since I've heard a joke. I know. Yeah. Uh, this is a good one. We're, we're leaving China with the destination of India. Okay. And uh, did you hear about this food critic? He was visiting an Indian restaurant and he wanted to see how the bread was prepared. And the owner agreed to show him as long as he would sign a non-disclosure agreement first. Nan-disclosure? Nan, okay. See? <laughs> Non-nan. <laughs> I've heard it pronounced both ways. Okay, well... I think that one kind of landed. Should I try it again? <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> I want to make it funny. How do I make it funny? It's not funny. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, people. Have a fantastic week. Be safe. Stay hungry. Wear a mask. <laughs>